Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast, critical discussions in critical times. Here's your host, Bill Kelly. And I am your host, Bill Kelly, for a very special edition of the Bill Kelly Podcast, critical discussions in our critical times. Uh, and these are critical times economically, of course, as we know, uh, high prices for groceries, high prices for gasoline, uh, insecurity with an awful lot of things, interest rates, which is why we watch with great interest every time that the Bank of Canada makes their announcement about those interest rates and their policy. And uh, that happened today as we uh, broadcast this show. Uh, Bank of Canada Governor uh, Tiff Macklin has decided to keep interest rates steady at 5%. Now, stop me if you've heard this before, because I know you have. And we thought, ah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm not so sure that's really the case. To uh, shed some light on that and to try to find that light at the end of the tunnel. So pleased to welcome to the podcast our good friend Marvin Ryder, business professor at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. Great to talk with you again, Marvin. Thanks for being with us today. Glad to be with you, Bill. Uh, right off the bat, let's let's uh, get cut to the headline. Uh, no change in the bank rate. You're not surprised. No. So if you don't mind, let me just go a little further back. What is the Bank of Canada trying to do? So as you know, for a big chunk of 2022 and 2023, inflation has been running hotter than they would like it to be. What does that mean? The Bank of Canada has targeted inflation around 2%. At one point in 2022, it got to 8%. And there's only one tool the Bank of Canada has that they can apply to this, and that's interest rates. And so their mission has been to try to cool the Canadian economy without stalling the Canadian economy. So they want to cool it, calm it, slow it down, but they don't want to cause a recession. And so far, for a year and a half, they've been successful at not causing a recession. <laughs> they, they have not quite been successful at cooling the economy enough to get inflation down, but I'm a, light, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Uh, we are down in the September to 3.8%. Uh, food inflation is down to 5.8%. At one time that was running 10%. So we're moving in the right direction. It's too early, too early to take your foot off the brake and to take your foot off the brake would mean to start cutting interest rates. So I'm not expecting that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone listening. I'm not looking forward to that until 2024, probably about halfway through the year, April, May, June, somewhere in there. Uh, but in the meantime, assuming we keep cooling it down, that we'll be fine. So this is his second last chance to do them in 2023. The next interest rate announcement comes a around the 10th of December, plus or minus a little around there. And I think the same thing is going to happen then, that if everything continues the way it is, no need to put more brake on, raise interest rates, but also he can't take his foot off the brake. Okay, but here's the cause, because we've got some history to this whole thing now, because it has, as you say, been a couple of years since uh, Mr. Macklin has started on this policy. Uh, and, and you're right, it's, there's been some successes. But And he mentioned this again today when he made the announcement, Marvin, uh, if if all things stay the way they are and, and the ship stays steady, it has never stayed steady for the last three years. All right, the the you know what hits the fan just about every three or four months, whether it's a war, whether it's uh, an invasion, whether it's the Middle East, uh, you name it, whether it's sanctions from China, uh, all this stuff is coming and it gets dumped on us, and all of a sudden they have to say, well, let's revise those those discussions again. So, how confident are you that we can follow that path to even if it's a year from now? Yeah, I, well, I'm actually feeling good because, forgive me again for phrasing it like this, all the news that we're going to get is likely going to hit the economy and slow it even faster. So let's take the war going on in, in Israel or the battle between Hamas 
and uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, you know, nothing there that's going to cause inflation. It will most likely, if anything, cause some perturbance that could slow our economy. Same thing goes with Ukraine and Russia, what's going on there. So I'm not, I'm not seeing anything that would suddenly cause inflation to go up and therefore cause them to have to increase interest rates. Instead, if something really, really bad happened, you know, heaven forbid a nuclear bomb gets dropped or heaven forbid you know, somebody gets assassinated, something like that, all that would likely do is speed the rate at which he would start to cut interest rates to counterman that. So I think everything is moving the way it is supposed to move. But again, the wild card, if there is one, Bill, it's not good news or bad news, it's you and I. Uh, by raising interest rates, he's trying to make it a little more expensive for us to spend money. And why we had inflation is that we bounced back from COVID so quickly and we started spending money so quickly and manufacturing companies couldn't keep up with the demand. So if there's increased demand and you can't increase supply, guess what happens? The prices go up. So if you and I would just take the hint and say, maybe, maybe for the next three or four months, I'm not looking at a new car or a new boat or some other large purchase. If we were just to hold the line on our spending, we could get back to where we're supposed to be pretty quickly. But there's an awful lot of pressure, uh, political pressure that, that we should talk about here too. And, and others that are presenting other, uh, you know, points of view here. Uh, just after the announcement uh, that Mr. Macklin made today, uh, Benjamin Tal from CIBC says that, look at if you remove the interest rate cost from inflation, we've already hit our target. Now that's, Fun with numbers, okay? I mean, the statistics are statistics, and you can bend them and twist them any way you want. But there's some legitimacy to what he's saying here. But if we do that, uh, is, is that a true picture as to where we are economically? Well, he, he, again, Benjamin is absolutely correct here that today one of the biggest sources of inflation, why the number's not even lower, is the cost for your housing. Now, yeah. I'm not talking about rent. I'm talking about the mortgage cost. Now, some people are into a five-year lockdown loan, and it's back at the 3 4% level, so they haven't felt the impact of high interest rates. But if you have a variable rate mortgage, or if your previously locked down mortgage has suddenly come due, then uh, you've been feeling some of this. And the, actually, the cost, the mortgage carrying costs have gone up something like 35% year over year. So, he, again, he's not wrong, and this is why this was always a temporary move. This was always a temporary move by the Bank of Canada. It was not meant to be permanent forever and a day. Uh, the problem is that it's taken longer to wrestle inflation down. So now we're getting the other spin-on effects from having these higher interest rates. That's why I am confident he is going to, Mr. Macklem, is going to bring these down in 2024, or else he'll bake in another kind of inflation that he doesn't want. So this is the delicate balancing act. Don't cause a recession. It would be much easier, by the way, Bill, be much easier to cause a recession. This is how we broke those high interest rates in the early 1980s. You might vaguely remember when interest rates got up to 20 percent, 21 percent. Well, how did we break it? We had a, a wide recession, but that can be devastating as well. So we don't want the recession, but we need to break those interest rates. And, and uh, you know, I suppose that really is plan B. If you and I don't contain our spending, if we don't get it down, then okay, I give up. I'll cause the recession and get the reset that way. It's like turning your computer off and on and resetting it that way. 
But we, as you say, and I know people don't like to, to look in the mirror and say, maybe I'm part of the problem here, but to a certain extent, I think Mr. Macklin and others, and you have talked about this in the past, have reminded us that we are part of the problem. As soon as we see it, that the dust has settled a little bit, we run out and spend money, which just brings us back full circle to where we were before. You, uh, you, it's won't take, it's, it. you won't remember it, Bill, but we had a conversation during some of the dark days of COVID in which there were economic spinoffs from COVID, and, and you asked me, how long do you think it'll take the economy to bounce back? And glibly, I said, oh, four or five years after the pandemic. Well, it turned out it was four or five weeks after the pandemic. People got the all clear, and they just came out and spent like crazy. None of us anticipated that. Now, again, that's partly due to the federal government keeping everybody whole by splashing out uh, billions and billions of dollars of relief packages, what have you. But rather than being in the hole coming out of COVID, some people were actually pretty cash rich. So consumers being consumers, let's spend, spend, spend. And so that's, that's part of the challenge. But I think, I think, again, all signs are that we're moving in the right direction. Uh, we've got Christmas coming up. Uh, it won't really bother me if this is a little bleaker Christmas. Maybe people don't splash out on 30 presents for the kids, only 10 for the kids. And we, if we can get past that, then I think 2024 is smooth sailing. What about the political pressure, though? Let's talk about that. Uh, just a week or so ago, uh, a number of premiers, including Ontario Premier Doug Ford, uh, uh, signed a letter basically telling uh, Mr. Macklin to back off. Uh, you're killing us. The economy is terrible. People are phoning us, and they're really pissed off at everything that's going on. Stop. Now, I can understand the pain. You know, you're a consumer. I'm a consumer, and, and we're, we're feeling the impact of this. But I've, I've got a problem with political interference with financial uh, policies and situations like that. I mean, there's a reason why uh, we instituted the Bank of Canada as an arm's length organization and not a not a, a, a puppet of, of the government of the day. I, that We'd be going down the wrong road if we started to let that happen, wouldn't we? Right. So a, a good word to add to your description, Bill, is attempted, attempted political interference. Yeah, politics. yeah. So, uh, yes, uh, not this time, but the previous time that, Mr. Macklin was setting the rates. Uh, I believe it was Scott Moe from Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, um, of course, uh, Doug Ford sent letters and said, now, look, you know, we want you to hold the line. And he held the line, but he said, I didn't pay any attention to those letters. And he didn't pay any attention this time, too. And by the way, there's another person warming up in the bullpen. That would be the federal liberals, whether it's Christian Freeland, the finance minister, or the prime minister. He knows that when he goes out and visits, he's not the most beloved character in the world. And they would love to have seen uh, interest rates of anything. They would love to see them cut a little bit. But they all know that Mr. Macklem is going to do what he's supposed to do, what's best for us as a whole, and he's going to ignore the political pressure. So that, having said that, uh, Pierre Polyev will stand up in the House of Commons and he will make great sport of this. You know, you're ignoring the plight of Canadians and you need to make things cheaper and help housing. And he'll, he can talk that way. But, but the reality is, it's the wrong time to cut the rates today. At least he didn't move them up, but he did that because of the economic consequences, not because of any letter from Doug Ford. Uh, Polyev also wants to fire the Bank of Canada and maybe even blow up the whole system. So I'm, I think we have to take that into consideration. Anyway, he seems to have moved off that. Maybe somebody finally sat him down and said, Pierre, you can't do that. So uh, apparently he's on to vaccine mandates again, too. There's a guy that's always on top of the issues of the day. Yes. People can't pay their mortgages, but he wants to talk about vaccine mandates. So it is what it is. But I guess one other question here, and I want to talk about chronology. Uh, because here we are today, near the end of October, talking about this, and the rates are going to be held steady for a while, we're told. 
but the, the rate increases that we had over the last little while. Now, you've told us about the timeline that it can take six to 12 months for those interest rate hikes to actually have an impact. So what happens and what happened three months ago is still going to have an impact on what's going to happen in early 2024. I mean, the, the, the fallout from that is still going to be there, isn't it? So yeah, we're, we're not yeah, we're not on easy street yet. No, 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 not easy street. We haven't, we, it's not mission accomplished, to quote George W. Bush, but, but we are moving in the right direction. And you're right, it does take uh, sometimes as much as 12 months after these interest rates announcements to have it all percolate through the economy. And I think this is why Benjamin Tal said what he said, you don't need to do any more. You've probably done enough, just let it work its way through the system. And so, the, what you're seeing now, and I'm going to go out on a limb, Bill. Uh, I don't want to say you heard it here first, but when we get the October um, inflation data, I'm sure it's down again. I'm sure it'll be down again. I don't know how far down, but it'll fall from 3.8 maybe to 3.5, maybe even 3.4% inflation. So that's momentum that we've built up from the past cuts. Let that work its way through. Let that have the effect that we want before you do anything more. And, I, and so, again, I think this was why this was the prudent call today. There isn't a need to tap the brakes again. There isn't a need to put more pressure there. You've done enough. Just let the car coast and let it slow down. And, and, uh, and again, I think it is highly likely that we'll get through this without uh, a recession. Or if we do slip into a recession, it will be so mild with very few job losses that I'm not sure the average person will even notice. Uh, one final question for you, because we can't talk about economic policy here uh, without the impact of our neighbors to the south. The Federal Reserve, uh, they seem even more adamant than the Bank of Canada uh, to hold steady here and, and, and not give everybody an economic break with interest rates. Uh, they're going to ride this thing out. That's got to have an impact on what we're going to feeling here. Right. Well, a couple of things. First, you need to remember that their interest rate is actually higher than ours. Yeah. They, they went up a little further than we did. Uh, they're going to set their rates again. I think it's two weeks from now, and then they'll do one more in December as well. But we don't do them at the same time. I'm sure the governor of the Bank of Canada has been talking to the Federal Reserve Board chair. And what are you planning to do here in a couple of weeks? So I'm pretty sure he's getting the same story that they're planning to hold the line. And, and again, uh, there are good reasons for it. All of these rate uh, hikes have to percolate through the economy. Um, in fact, you were talking about some of the pressures that we might have in Canada. I'd say they're even higher in the United States. You may know that President Biden wants uh, Congress to consider, I, I forget the exact total, $75 billion, $100 billion in aid for Israel and another aid package for Ukraine. These are very significant uh, movements on their part, and so those world issues probably have even more of effect uh, in the United States. But nonetheless, uh, the Federal Reserve Board Chair, Jerome Powell, he's really planning to keep things steady, not planning to make any changes. And honestly, I think he might be the first one to cut interest rates in 2024. So we may wait, let him go first, and then follow him as the year goes by. But for sure, we're at the high point now, and then hopefully we're going to see it come down. A prediction, by the way, Bill, again, one of those heard it here first things. I don't think we're going to see a gigantic drop in interest rates in 2024. But by this time next year, we might be down a half, maybe three quarters of a point, moving slowly in the right direction. Because again, you don't want to give people the impression that you're having a sale on debt. So everyone stock up, let's get more debt and go spend yeah. it again or we're back where we were. So you slowly 
you slowly change that. So anyone looking for a big drop, are we going to go back to 2% interest rates? No, not any time foreseeable. But I think we're going to come down a half, three quarters of a point in 2024. You heard it here first. I'll say it for you. Marvin Ryder from the DeGroote School of Business. Thanks for hooking up with us again, Marvin. Really appreciate the time today. My pleasure. And uh, that's it for our bonus edition of the Bill Kelly Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. And by the way, thanks for subscribing as well. Uh, get the podcast. You can get news updates, uh, exclusive content by subscribing to the Substack. And as always, we welcome your comments and your suggestions. You can follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, X, and Instagram at This Is Bill Kelly. As always, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. This podcast was brought to you by Rebecca Wizens and her team at Wizens Law. Rebecca Wizens is a 20-time winner of the Hamilton Reader's Choice Awards for their exceptional client care and legal practice specializing in personal injury, car accidents, accidental falls, and Wilson Estates. Now, if you or a loved one have been seriously injured or if you want to make sure that your family is taken care of for the future with a will and powers of attorney, call Rebecca Wizens, 905-522-1102 for a free consultation. When life happens, you can rely on Rebecca Wizens and Wizens Law. And trust me, Rebecca is my wife, and I don't know what I'd do without her. That's Wizens Law, 905-522-1102 for a free consultation. Subscribe to my Substack for timely news updates and commentary straight to your inbox. Let's keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Let me know what you think we should be talking about next by contacting me through my website at www.billkelly.co. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bill Kelly. Till next time, you take care.